Welcome to the Family Law Happy Hour, a podcast bringing you up-to-date information on matters concerning you, your family, and California law. So grab a coffee or a cocktail and join hosts Tenny and Shada as they answer your burning legal questions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the For Better or Worse podcast. We had a great time on our podcast last month discussing social media and how it ties into our family law cases. We had a lot of people emailing us questions afterwards, and we love reading and responding to you guys. So before we start with today's podcast, I just want to make sure that you send us your thoughts or questions to podcast at talglaw.com so that we can respond to you and all your questions. So this week, we're talking all things prenups. And of course, we are going to talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I mean, this trial was so crazy. How can we not address it? There's so much to cover on that, even in terms of family law. Yes, absolutely. We are definitely going to talk about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. But first, prenups. I recently wrote an article called Prenups, Why You Need One, Even If You Think You Don't, which you can read at our very own talg.com. But the gist of it is basically, I'm a huge fan of prenups. I'm all for them. I think they're a great idea. And I think, in fact, in this day and age, you're crazy to not get one. Divorce rates are through the roof. Nationally, about 50% of marriages end in divorce. And here in Orange County, the divorce rate is a whopping 72%. That's three out of four marriages. So why not protect yourself? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, with those odds, a prenup is the smartest thing to do for sure. And believe it or not, a prenup will protect you financially, but having one actually increases the likelihood that your marriage will last. Yes, this is very true, and this is one of the biggest points I make in my article. Having a prenup can actually help you avoid needing one. One of the reasons I recommend them to everybody who will listen, all my family and friends, is that it forces people to have those uncomfortable conversations with their partners about money and finances before they get married. Differing opinions and expectations when it comes to money and financial management is one of the most common contributors to divorce. And it's also one of the most avoidable, if you ask me. Starting things off with the same expectations is really going to help avoid a lot of arguments down the road and actually make it more likely that your marriage is going to last. Not to mention, it's much easier to reach a fair and amicable agreement while you're still in that little premarital love bubble and still very capable of seeing eye to eye. Unfortunately, once the relationship is approaching its end and emotions are high, it's going to be much more unlikely that you're going to reach a fair and amicable settlement, and it's going to result in a drawn-out, painful, and expensive divorce process. That is so true, Shada. So let me explain a little bit and back up regarding what a prenup is, since I'm sure a lot of you have somewhat of an idea of what it is, but maybe not exactly. So that you know, it is a legally binding document that you and your partner will enter into before you're actually married. Now, I know some of you ask me all the time about postnups and transmutation agreements, and those are separate binding documents, but we're not going to talk about those today. The prenup or the premarital agreement is that contract that you and your future spouse um, enter into where you guys will divide your assets and debts in the event you're divorced. You know, you can also include some interesting, unique clauses that we'll dive into later, like fidelity clauses or sobriety clauses. But most of the time with Shada and I, I would say we see it with regard to support and we see it with regard to division of assets and debts. So... 
the first thing you got to do is make sure that this prenup of yours is valid and enforceable. What I mean by that is that a judge is actually going to look at it and enforce it if you ever do get to the point where you're having a divorce and decide to bring it up. This means it's got to be written and it's got to have the legal terms within the prenup that are required and there has to be voluntary signature of both parties. One thing that I... I mean, Shada, you can probably agree with me. One thing that a lot of our clients just absolutely hate throughout the divorce process, but they also hate it throughout the prenup process, is this complete disclosure. Oh, yes. The financial disclosures. Everyone's favorite. It's, you know, it can be daunting because you have to sit there and you have to tell us about your assets and debts and your income and everything about your finances. And a lot of times people don't want to go into this long, detailed assessment of what they own and what they owe, but lack of disclosure is the number one reason why prenups get set aside. If you're not honest, then that prenup is not enforceable. If you think about it, it's the whole point of this exercise. It's to disclose to the other side, you know, what they're taking on, all the assets and debts that are involved with this contractual relationship that you are now starting together. And if you're not disclosing, you're not really entering that contract voluntarily. You don't have all the facts, you don't have all, all the information, and it can't really be informed consent. Exactly. You can't agree to what you don't know. That's always what I tell mm -hmm. my clients. Secondly, there has to be a seven-day cooling off period before you guys sign that final draft. So this one-week window is actually designed to make sure that you and your spouse are signing voluntarily and that neither of you is pressured or coerced into hastily signing this under duress. Yes. So this is specifically designed to avoid that situation where someone presents you with a prenup on the eve of your wedding and you're now forced with a decision to either sign it or face the embarrassment of calling off a wedding. They don't want people to be able to be forced into that situation uh, because they're so just desperate to move forward with this you know, big party they've been planning for months. That is probably reason number two that you have prenups not being enforced is if you provide it to your spouse hastily and you don't give them that period of time so that they can review it and actually understand what it is that they're signing. So, okay, let's discuss other common questions that we run into when it comes to prenup. Sure. Do I need a lawyer to prepare a prenup or can I do it myself, Tenny? Well, okay, this is a tricky one. My advice, get a lawyer and get a good one. If you intend on having a valid and enforceable contract that will hold up in court, then hire a professional to prepare it for you. They might think of things that never even crossed your mind. So it's important that you do that. Another question, can me and my spouse use the same lawyer? Shada? I do not think so. I do not think this is a very good idea. Not only is it an inherent conflict of interest, um, you know, it's going to be hard for a counsel to independently represent both of you when your interests are adverse to each other. I do think it's possible to have um, hire one attorney by one side to predominantly draft the agreement and then just hire a second attorney um, to just do a quick review of the prenup. You don't have to have, you know, two attorneys drafting independent prenups and then combine them into this monster prenup. Just have one do the drafting and one do the review. Usually the review retainer can be a little bit less and more manageable if you want to keep costs down. But I highly, highly recommend that you are each represented by independent counsel if you really want to make sure that all issues are addressed and covered and enforceable. So kind of playing off on that, 
I mean, do you need a lawyer to do a prenup period? Can two people sit down and just write out what it is that they want divided in case they get divorced? Technically, yeah, if they sign it and they notarize it, yes, but there are going to be certain provisions that won't be enforceable if you did not have an attorney independently at least review it. Not necessarily draft it, but at least review it and give counsel, and that has to do with spousal support. Understood. So like we said, we don't want to bore you guys with the basics of prenuptial agreements too much. What we do want to tell you is that aside from assets and debts and alimony, there's a million other clauses that you can include. And here is where our crazy celebrity profiles come in, <laughs> which is Shada's forte. My bread and butter. <laughs> so, well, as promised, I came prepared with some celebrity prenup details for you guys. I want to give a quick disclaimer, though. Prenups are not part of the public record. So a lot of these are just rumored. You know, keep in mind, if you do a prenup, it's also not going to be publicly available for your friends and family to read. So for that reason, a lot of these are just rumored. Uh, but I can tell you that they were person. I personally confirmed them myself from multiple sources. Um, but again, they are still very widely rumored. She knows these celebrities. <laughs> That's where she confirmed yeah, you know, it. <laughs> I hang out with Beyonce and Chasey on the reg. That's how I know about Beyonce's baby clause that she has. Beyonce prenup reportedly states that she is paid per baby and she gets five mil for each child regardless of divorce so if my math is right she's netted about 15 mil so far just on blue ivy Rumi, and sir i mean those twins at the last minute was just brilliant on her part i really mean, get your bang for your buck exactly that's so funny <laughs> and in the event of divorce yance gets one million for every year of marriage that's pre-written and decided upon that's good for her <laughs> Another one, Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban, they have an interesting sobriety clause. So if you remember, when they first started dating, there were all these rumors going around about Keith Urban having to maintain his sobriety and he was in and out of rehab. So now, apparently, their prenup says that he's going to get 640000 for every year of the marriage if he stays sober and doesn't use any illegal drugs. So he basically gets... $640,000 if he doesn't do drugs. That's a really good incentive to stay clean. That's a really good incentive. Yeah. So here's another really good one. This one just had me dying. Ice-T and his wife Coco reportedly have a very unique clause in their prenup. Evidently, they agreed that in the event of divorce, Ice-T gets the rights to Coco's breast and butt implants. Yes, you heard that correctly. In the event of divorce, she will likely have to reimburse him for her breast and butt implants. He really wanted to make sure nobody else got the benefit of um, his investment there. Well, you know, this sounds crazy, but I've actually had two clients in the last, I would say, three no years. I have. <laughs> where they asked if they could be reimbursed for plastic surgery they oh, spent yes. because they didn't get to reap the rewards of it. So it's not just iced tea and cocoa. Regular people do this all the time. Yeah, if you're looking for... Or, you know, you're the typical Newport housewife and you think this is going to come up later down the road. There you <laughs> have write it. Write it into your prenup now. Exactly. <laughs> Those breast implants are yours if you get divorced. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Angelina had a cheating clause. So apparently they said if Brad ever cheated, Angelina would get sole custody of their six children. They also agreed that they would keep their respective pre-marriage earnings, but that any assets they earned during the marriage would go into trust to be split between their kids. So something about this. I understand that they had this clause, but my understanding has always been that you cannot write up custody and child support yeah. in prenups. 
So even though they did it, does it mean that this could be enforceable in court? Yeah, I'd also like to see exactly how they wrote it up and what kind of language to see if there's, you know, any teeth to it. Because if they wrote it up in a way maybe where it's, you know, if his cheating is some sort of like lack of parenting or inability to parent or unfitness as a parent, which I don't really see the connection, but if they got clever in the way they drafted it, maybe, but overall, I'd like to think that this probably would not be held up years down the road. And I remember on TMZ them going to court all the time for custody anyway, so obviously this didn't plan work out as planned. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I actually just read this morning that these two might be back in court pretty soon, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard style, because they're fighting over some um, wine estate that was divided during their divorce. But maybe we'll come to that in a we'll future come to episode. That. But you're going to be hearing more about these two in the next couple months, if I had to guess. Um, one of my next favorite prenup clauses, this one I was actually just, you know, dying when I <laughs> when I read it. Not sure if it's true, to be honest, but, but here's the latest. It's Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan. Priscilla has apparently requested that she has at least 100 minutes of alone time in the form of a date night once a week with her husband. And this is the best part, get this. During their time together, neither one of them is allowed to be on Facebook. Only Facebook? Or can they go on Instagram? Facebook specific. I mean, Facebook. that's a good question. Maybe this was written before they acquired Instagram, so now, you know, it's under the Facebook bubble. I don't know. It's a good question. But. This is nuts. <laughs> I, I can say that probably every couple... One of you probably wants this clause. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm, I'm sure. sure someone out That's there fair. agrees. Maybe some sort of like limitations to how many questions you can ask during movies, how yes. much time on social media, that type exactly. of thing. Exactly. <laughs> if it were my husband, he would put a limit on how many pictures we can take on the <laughs> How many restaurant staff we have to beg to take pictures of us? That's too good. Well, of course, these are, you know, these are all fun and games, uh, but these types of clauses are actually not very common. It's important to mention that prenups are not just for the rich and famous. Whether you realize it or not, everyone has something to protect. Absolutely. And, you know, many young couples make the mistake of thinking they don't need a prenup because they, you know, I have minimal assets, but that's all going to change in the future. And remember, prenups don't just protect what you have when they're when you're getting married they protect what you're going to earn during your marriage and if you have a long-term marriage then you know that your income is obviously going to change so you know things like income allocation so you know in California all income during the marriage is considered community property so if one party anticipates making substantially more or, or less during the marriage then obviously it's beneficial to agree in advance regarding what portion of that person's income will be community property what portion do you keep as separate property yeah, those are all great points. Um, I think another important one is that prenups can also help protect your separate property interests. I know a lot of people come into a marriage thinking like, oh, I had that car before marriage, so it's mine. I had that house before marriage, so it's all mine, right? No, I don't need a prenup. Well, it's not quite that simple. I mean, bear with me. I'm going to get a little technical here for a minute. But in California, any asset that's owned by an individual prior to marriage is considered their separate property and will be awarded to them in the event of divorce. But it's actually not that simple because oftentimes the assets that are worth protecting, such as a home or even a vehicle, are not owned outright and they're encumbered by a loan. As a result, once you get married and you start paying down the loan on that item, that asset with your income, because your income becomes community property the minute you sign that marriage certificate, you begin creating a community interest in that separate property asset. As a result, your spouse is going to slowly develop an interest 
And that separate property home, for example, over time, as you're paying down the principal balance of that loan with your income that is now community property, and then that spouse is going to be entitled to a portion of the appreciation as well that's realized over the length of the marriage. Um, so if these interests aren't waived and predetermined in advance by way of a premarital agreement, not only are you going to have to buy your spouse out, but you're going to have an expensive accounting nightmare on your hands by the time you're you know, going through a divorce. Exactly. And another consideration is when one of you has your family contributing money towards the down payment of a home, which a lot of young couples oh, so do. Many people have this, yes. So a prenup is a great way to ensure reimbursement of these funds if you sell the home or if you get divorced. It's not automatic that you're going to yeah. be reimbursed. Good luck trying to find escrow documents or a gift note, you know, 20 years later after the home has already been sold and, you know, on to the next. So it's definitely a great idea to protect those interests up front. Um, another practical one that I love to tell people about, I think this is how I've convinced most of my friends to get prenups, <laughs> yeah. is student loans. Um, while student loans themselves are generally assigned to the party who incurred them, you can be asked to reimburse your spouse for the contributions to your education or training. That means, and this is kind of going back to that separate property interest I talked about earlier, um, but if you pay down your student loans during the marriage with your income, which is now community property, you may have to reimburse your spouse for at least half of what you pay down. Of course, there's exceptions to this rule, um, but why not just avoid it out the get-go and waive this reimbursement if you're planning on coming into this marriage with substantial uh, student loan debt that you are planning on paying down during the marriage? Another big one, of course, is spousal support. So spousal support in California is based on a multitude of factors, but obviously it varies when it comes to length of time and, you know, what each party makes. For a short-term marriage, the supporting spouse usually provides support for an amount of time equal to half the length of the marriage. So you were married five years, rule of thumb, two and a half. In a long-term marriage, and long-term meaning 10 years or more, that amount of time is indefinite. So a prenup can predetermine the length of time and the amount that spousal support will be paid. Yes. And that is a huge help. A huge, huge, huge help. That is one of my least favorite conversations when I have to talk to someone coming out of a long-term marriage. Well, how long do I have to pay support? Um, indefinitely? Yeah. <laughs> they don't like that answer. And if you're the person who is going to be entitled to support, then this kind of gives you a certain level of maybe peace of mind, knowing that you're not going to be left, you know, out in the cold should there be a divorce. So those are the basic things. There's also some not so basic things that we talked about before, but these are some not so standard clauses that we've been seeing come up in prenups lately. So the first one is confidentiality agreements. And we'll get more into this when we talk about Johnny Depp, but you can pair the prenup with a confidentiality agreement that will allow you to have greater privacy. Another thing we're seeing couples um, doing is pairing their prenuptial agreement with an asset protection trust, or an APT, which provides a second considerable layer of protection from lawsuits, divorce, and other claims. This trust, which should be created and funded before the prenup agreement, um, is a trust specifically designed to provide greater creditor and asset protection for the creator or grantor of the trust. So we've thrown out some really good ideas. And, you know, if you believe that a prenup would benefit you, and it would, then contact us at TALG and we would be more than happy to prepare one for you. 
But before we talk about anything else, we have to move on to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard because yes. Shada has just been giving me these looks the entire time. Like, can we just get to it now? I thought you'd never ask. I have had so many people reach out to me and ask me what the hell is going on with this case and what it was all about. So let's get into a little bit. Um, first, I'm just to make sense of things, I'm going to go back just a little bit to their marriage and divorce before we get into the recent defamation trial. As most people know by now, Heard and Depp lived a very short-lived but drama-filled 15-month marriage. In August 2016, they finally reached a settlement um, with Heard to receive about $7 million, which he infamously pledged to donate entirely to charity and then didn't. <laughs> That's so funny. Didn't. Well, a little bit more background that's interesting. At the time of their divorce, Johnny Depp's net worth was estimated to be more than 18, time, 18 times larger than Amber's, which doesn't really surprise me. She initially sought $50,000 a month in spousal support to maintain her marital <laughs> lifestyle. Then their property settlement provided for Depp to pay her $7 million. Amber then declares that she's going to donate these divorce pre proceedings to charity. So Deb paid a portion of the divorce settlement to Children's Hospital of Los Angeles and to the ACLU for her. Then her lawyer comes back and says that Deb has to donate $14 million to charity to reflect the net payment of $7 million for Deb after the projected $7 million in tax savings from the, from the charitable contribution deduction. He's going to get on his taxes, which wow. is just nuts. It's God crazy. forbid. <laughs> um, to put that in perspective, these two have been fighting each other for six years now, and they were only married for 15 months. I mean, I have to say, while we're on the subject of prenup, I was shocked to learn from Shada, of course, <laughs> that these two didn't even have a prenup. That is correct. That's crazy. So, I mean, there's some sources who say he refused one, some say she refused one, but who knows what the truth is. I just know that a prenup could have saved them a ton of headache, and yeah. it, I mean, it could have saved Johnny a lot of money. Apparently, there was even talks about a post-nup for a while. Um, but they, you know, they fought over that as well and nothing was ever written. Um, what didn't they fight I over? I know, at this point. So this is all true. Um, apparently the divorce settlement though did have a non-disclosure agreement that prevented either party from speaking out publicly about the marriage or from disparaging the other party. Um, so I was surprised when I realized that this is actually a defamation suit and not a breach of contract suit for breaching this non-disclosure agreement. Um, when Amber wrote her infamous Washington Post article, the op-ed in December of 2018 that was titled, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. Johnny obviously did not take well to this because not only was it a breach of their um, NDA agreement in their uh, divorce settlement, but it was clearly, and the courts have now ruled, that it was a defamatory statement um, throughout. Specifically, as it came, I think, to the sexual violence, that's what they took the biggest issue for. Um, Amber never explicitly names Johnny by name or really even gets into specific encounters of abuse, but it was very clear that she was speaking about her former husband and that she was clearly violating their NDA. So that is interesting. So here they have this NDA, but I found it odd because he sued for defamation, mm -hmm. and that's way harder to prove, but it does come with more damages, which I'm pretty sure was the main motivation oh, here. Oh, for sure. Money makes the world go round. So for those of you that aren't sure what defamation is, defamation is a cause of action that can be brought for publishing a false statement about someone that damages their reputation. So it's important to understand that it has to be a false statement. Opinions are not actionable. 
And Jade and I, you know, we come across this all the time. We have so many insults flung back and forth in our divorce cases. But, you know, someone saying that you're a jerk or that they think you're a lousy mother, that's not defamation. Someone saying something that they believe factually to be true, like he assaulted me on such and such date, that is defamation. And what's the biggest defense in defamation cases? Truth. Truth. So if you can show that that statement was true, then that's not defamation. You're protected from liability by your First Amendment freedom of speech, but not if it's a lie. And that's why it's so hard to win defamation cases. Exactly. This is why I was so certain Johnny was going to lose, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what Amber did during the marriage. If she was also an abuser, whether, excuse me, but whether she shit the bed or not, uh -huh. literally, uh, or whether she was just generally a terrible person, it really doesn't matter. She wasn't actually on trial for being an abuser herself. She was basically on trial for being a liar. Um, all her legal team had to do was show that there was some truth to her abuse claims, but they were very unsuccessful in doing so, apparently. Uh, Johnny did ultimately bring a $50 million defamation lawsuit against Amber in March 2019, calling the claims in her op-ed categorically false and then alleging that she faked a lot of her own injuries. Um, he felt that her op-ed was the reason he was dropped from the Pirates of the Caribbean and Fantastic Beach franchises and caused him to lose out on millions. His attorneys even argued that she published the article strategically to advance her own career since it was published just three days before the release of the movie Aquaman. Which I, I don't even know who saw Aquaman, <laughs> so I, I can't even it. imagine why she would think that that was, you know, the ruined her career. The only people that saw were Jason Mama fans. Yeah, exactly. A lot of thirsty women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't end there. So she, Amber, then countersues Johnny for $100 million, alleging that Depp and his legal team were also defamatory and that they engaged in a smear campaign against her. So the interesting twist to this whole saga that a lot of people have asked me about is that a similar trial took place in the UK. Mm -hmm. So Johnny also sued a UK newspaper called The Sun for publishing a 2018 article where they called the actor a wife beater. But, you know, US courts are not required to follow the rulings of other countries. And the judge in the UK case found that Amber's testimony regarding the alleged instance of, of abuse was credible, but who cares? That's not what they were in court for in the United States. Yeah, but honestly, this was another reason I was so sure that Heard was going to win the U.S. case. I really thought, you know, she's probably going to give the same testimony, and they're still going to find her credible, and it's going to come out the same way. But as we know, um, it was actually quite different. It was a completely different jurisdiction, and another court had already heard the same story. Um, but the U.S. trial went very differently after a two-month trial that was the talk of the town and provided a lot of tabloid fodder. I mean, this trial not only delved into the incredibly personal, explicit, and truly embarrassing details of their marriage, even coining the nickname Amber Turd. <laughs> Ridiculous. But it also involved some of Hollywood's biggest names, like James Franco, Kate Moss, and Elon Musk. So ultimately, Johnny was declared victorious in both the court of law and the court of public opinion, if you ask me. Not only did the public largely turn on Heard in support of Johnny, but the jury found Heard was guilty on three counts of defamation and awarded Depp $10 million in compensatory damages and $5 million in punitive damages. Um, however, the judge is going to reduce those punitive damages because the statutory cap is $350,000, meaning that's the most she can get by uh, law. So that's going to bring his total award to $10,000. $350,000. I do think, though, one of the reasons this trial may have um, come out differently is I believe when I read the ruling, they specifically found that she was defamatory regarding the statements she made as to sexual abuse. 
they did not find any of her claims that he sexually abused her specifically to be credible. Whereas the son was, you know, the term they used was wife beater. So I think if they, there, they two of them might have been physical with each other. There might have been, you know, um, some testimony that they believed that he did at some point, you know, beat her. But when it came to the U.S. case and the term sexual violence, they just didn't find her testimony credible. And I heard that the defamation that she won against Johnny, he actually didn't say it. His mm -hmm. lawyer called her allegations a hoax, but yet Johnny got in trouble for that. So there you have it. Yeah, that was an interesting one. That was a, the whole point of her countersuit. I think she got $2 million, um, for statements from his previous attorney. From not his even previous his attorney. attorney. Yeah. yeah, but they said that he was acting as you know a spokesperson for Johnny. So not too shabby. She did have a small win. But, I mean, I've already heard that she intends to appeal the verdict. So I can't wait to see how that plays out. <laughs> Honestly, I can. I've had enough of these two already. Like, let's move on. Brad and Angelina, <laughs> let's get them in court. I will say, though, one important takeaway from all of this that I want to point out to you is that you can actually include an NDA in your prenup. Just like Depp and Heard added the NDA clause to their divorce settlement, this is something you can add to your prenup instead to avoid having to ask for it down the road when you're going through the divorce process and things are already, you know, scorched earth, much like it was for these two. I mean, we get so many clients who claim defamation when their spouse starts badmouthing them during the divorce process. And we often have to explain to them that a defamation claim is not really worth your time or your money. Oh my God, yes, all the time. I constantly have to explain to clients that lawsuits are incredibly expensive and the average person doesn't suffer the same kind of financial loss from their ex's defamatory statements that Johnny Depp did. At the end of the day, your ex going on a hurtful Facebook rant is not going to result in the same kind of financial loss and fallout that Depp faced from Amber Heard's op-ed. But what you can do is put NDA language in your prenup and even negotiate what the compensatory damages would be ahead of time. So the financial consequences are set out in stone and in the event your spouse does violate it, the numbers are already set and you can move forward. Not to mention having this language in your prenup will really help to deter this kind of um, hurtful behavior in the future. Absolutely. I mean, we come across it all the time. People go on rants about their exes. And like we talked about last time on social media, not only does it hurt you in your case, but, you know, it takes an emotional toll on the parties, too. So if you have an NDA in your prenup, then you're kind of setting yourself up to where both parties are put on notice. You can't talk about me in a defamatory way following our breakup. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good way to, you know, start your marriage. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Don't talk shit. <laughs> Don't talk shit. Now let's get married. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you learned a thing or two about prenups and the Depp Heard trial. Remember to check out Shada's article on prenups, and that includes a lot of this information and more. It's on our website at talglaw.com. And remember to email us your comments and questions to podcast at talglaw.com. Yeah. Tenny and I have been talking about what we should talk about on our next episode, and we thought, you know what? Why not turn it on you guys? So tell us what you want to hear about. Email us at podcast at talklaw.com and let us know what you want to hear about next. Is there a topic you want us to talk about? Is there some um, celebrities you want to know more about their divorce or about their prenups? Let us know. Absolutely. But until then, bye, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Family Law Happy Hour. To submit a question, email us at podcast at talklaw.com. That's podcast at T-A-L-G law dot com. 
You can find this episode and more on our website at talglaw.com or anywhere else you get podcasts.